for history, children, because this is the cock and bull. Uh, if you are a child, though, I encourage you to please stop listening. Yeah, no, God, please, Christ, stop listening, because this is not for you. It never was for you. It shouldn't be for you. Now, uh, Nathan, unless there's anything you want to open up with, uh, I just want to start with, you know, by saying that sort of like the, the children's crusades, this story is, is sometimes a little too weird to be true. Is it true? I think so. We think so. Uh, problem here is that this story was happening, uh, and it, you know, as it was happening, there were already a shit ton of rumors going around about it, uh, it making it hard for the 100% true story to survive to this day. Pizzagate. Uh, so, th- so that being said, let's go. In 1673. Oh, it's okay. This is this is early Pizzagate. This is <laughs> this is pre-Pizzagate. Deep state Pizzagate. Julia Delbigny was born somewhere in France. Let it be known that that's a French name, and I pronounced it like it was Russian. You did. When you said she was born somewhere, I was getting ready with my Russian jokes, and then you threw me a curveball for France. Her father was Gaston Delbigny. Well, grand, that would have given it away. <laughs> the Grand Squire of France and secretary to the Master of Horses for King Louis Fourteenth. Hey, the Sun King! Now, since her father trained and taught all of the best court pages, you know, servant boys, royal knights, that kind of thing, uh, Julie learned dancing, reading, drawing, and fencing alongside them. Uh, she was never one for dressing ladylike, which everyone else had a very hard time trying to beat that out of her. Uh, she was absolutely gorgeous, too. She was very tall by the time she was an adult, uh, with dark auburn hair and, quote, piercing blue eyes. Piercing, so, perhaps. Let's let's hold on a moment here. Yeah. You're telling me about a, a little French girl who has a person in her life named Gaston who who just was seemed a little seemed a little odd to all the townsfolk. Are you telling me the story of Beauty of the Beast? Um Well, once I get into how much she loved stabbing people, I feel like we're gonna deviate. Very girl, much like Beauty and the Beast. Homegirl loved her sword. Now, that all of that is pretty unrelatable, these things I've just said. I mean, she's a one percenter, after all. To help people identify with her, you know, with a, with a modern lens, uh, let's talk about something we've all experienced. So when she was barely 14 years old, the Count of uh, Armanac, who at this time was, I think, Louis Lorraine, uh, took her for his mistress. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, so you just said the Count of Armanac, who I think at the time was Louis Lorraine. Like, you you have so many Counts of Armanac bouncing around in your head that you just couldn't nail down which one was going on at this time. Nathan, my writing is very stream of conscious. At the time I was writing it, based on what I was reading, I wasn't positive it was Louis Lorraine. Also, it made me sound smart when I said that. I mean, we're in a post-truth world. We can just make it up as we go. It's okay. You don't have to be true. Just be confident in it, damn it. Have you learned nothing from our president? Now, Nathan, Nathan, that's post-Pizzagate language. We're pre-Pizzagate this story. Ah, yeah, Facts sorry, matter. forgot. Forgot. Facts do matter. Facts do matter. Now, when he got bored of her, this 14-year-old mistress of his, uh, he married her to Sieur de Maupin, making her Madame de Maupin, or as the French say, La Maupin, simply meaning the Maupin. Now, we after have her marriage, deconstructed that word as much as it could possibly be deconstructed. <laughs> now get ready to hear it for the next forty minutes. I after- mean, honestly, you're nailing it. I'm, I mean, it's the only name you've ever said in another language that sounds right. So write it's, it while you got it. It's the only other fucking non-English language I know. After her marriage. Her husband got a huge... Now, that's patting myself on the back, Major. I'm going to fuck up every other French I word I was in about this. to say, bold statements from Spencer. He knows French. <laughs> After her marriage, her husband got a huge political promotion and moved south. The Count, still wanting her in his back pocket, made her stay in Paris anyway. So, cool mm. man, this Count of Armanac. One of many, I know. 
So La Maupin, in, eight, in 1687, my bad, still 14, by the way, meets an assisting fencing master. This guy, uh, whose name is Seurat, was a real pro with a rapier. With La Maupin already so horny for swords, this dude could not help but teach her the finer points of stabbing people in the face when they disrespect you. So, okay. just so happens... So, so now we're, we're moving from Beauty and the Beast into the little girl and the guy in the Game of Thrones meme that I see on the internet and don't yeah, rub, yeah, kind understand. Of an, kind of an Arya Stark, kind of a Very Mulan. Kind of a Mulan. A I don't more, remember Mulan stabbing many people in the face. Uh, that's fair. She killed Genghis Khan or Attila the Hun, whichever one with fireworks. Feel like so. I taught you nothing about Genghis Khan <laughs> if you feel like Mulan might have killed him. Just so happens that Saran was also in trouble for killing a dude in an illegal duel. So, to, to be clear, yeah. he, he got in trouble for having an illegal duel. Yeah. As opposed to those good old-fashioned legal duels. Well, we're actually going to touch on that a little later. So, duels are illegal in Paris by decree of King Henry the Fourteenth. I have nothing to refute that statement with. That's right, you don't. I'm the fact master here. Pre-Pizza Gate. So, La Maupin was like, oh, you're bouncing? Cool, I'm coming with. So they hit the road to Marseille, south of France. Or south of Paris. What the fuck am I saying? On the I mean, road, the south of France is a place. You could have just said it and sounded like you knew what you were talking about, but once fair. again! But Marseille is not in Spain. On the road, the two became street performers, staging fencing matches for spectators and singing at fairs and taverns. It was around this time that La Maupin became, or became known for dressing in male clothes uh, without hiding the fact that she was a woman. It was kind of like her look. If you look at pictures of her, though, the artist depict her outfits like she was like Pennywise or something. It's oh, it, it's very upsetting. The, I'm the portraits now. they chose to paint of her. Uh, so beautiful lady face and long flowing hair, and then dude aesthetic from neck down. So basically, like like early drag, like gender fuck, like like sure. late seventies, sure. like Atlanta drag, just just messing with people's minds. Yeah, yeah. She was rubbing it in the sixteen hundreds collective face that she I was like a badass with a vagina. So, I like uh, it. once the two made it to Marseille, uh, La Maupin's act was finally ready to go solo. She ditched, she ditched that dude. She's going solo. Here's what she'd do: she would step out into crowds of really drunk dudes and sing a couple of songs. And then she would say, so who wants to duel? And naturally, some dude would be like, okay, let's fucking go. Um, but Mopin wasn't, she wasn't ready to fence yet. See, first, she had to sing a third song, which was tailor-made to shit all over the schmuck that just dared to fight her. So she's basically doing, like, rap battles against uh-huh. fools. Just, yeah, just, yeah. Dr- just, just straight up destroying mm-hmm. them. Spitting hot fire at these at these bitches, throwing down a diss track, and then and right then, before <laughs> she right before she stabs them. Yeah, once this dude was either super embarrassed or super pissed or both, uh, they would pick up their sword and then get their asses handed to them by the hottest chick they had ever seen. So this act was super cool, except for the hecklers that started showing up, uh, who would scream at her. Uh, trying to tell everybody in the crowd that she was just a dude in disguise and that nobody was actually that good at stabby-stabbing people while also wielding an authentic set of certified lady genitals. So, I mean, couldn't that that seems like a fairly easy argument to refute, though. Like, just, just, just whip it out, <laughs> you, and there well, we go. Yeah, well, there we go. So after one too many dudes leveled that bullshit at her in Marseille, La Pen apparently ripped off her blouse, pointed at her bare chest, and then said, quote, judge for yourselves. Okay, so exactly what I thought. Good. I, I like. All right, this is what this is bad bitch. I like her. I'm on. I'm on the squad. 
all the while, people are just throwing fistfuls of money at her. Like, as, I mean, yeah, it's a weird form of, I mean, this is stripping with murder. This is a whole branding thing that I've never thought of. For somebody who was born, like, richy rich bitch who could have just done nothing for her entire life and lived super cushy, she just said fuck that and has done the most, like, pull up your bootstraps badassery I've ever seen. She deserves this money. Lama she Pan deserves everything. Was a pretty attractive lady, as I've already said. And she was we, also yeah, pretty... Yeah, hammered on it pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, she's also pretty active as far as the horizontal monster mash goes. So... <laughs> okay! All right! Yeah, well, <laughs> let's slut shame the 16th century girl! Woo! <laughs> now, La Maupin's radical lust for fucking wasn't limited oh! to <laughs> just Christ. dudes. She was an oh! expert seductress of men and women alike, getting herself into trouble for it on far more than one occasion. Oh, God damn it. Oh, there is a story. Such problematic territory. There is a story, Nathan, true or not, I can't really tell at this point, that she had been, actually, I'm pretty sure this one's true, There, there's... All right. She had a, a keen interest in a young blonde girl that she met. Did uh, you do? Yeah, of course. Of course. Now, come on, Barbie. This, let's go party. This girl's parents found out uh, and in disgust sent their lesbian daughter to a uh, convent to punish her for the affair. Well, let's not get carried away. Might just be her bisexual daughter. Yeah, okay. Might fair. be bi-curious. Might True. just be gender fluid. We don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Lots now, of people know. Assuming an alias, La Maupin entered the convent as a new initiate. <laughs> like, just days after, because I don't know how long this plan of hers was set to go. I how think she was she winging was it. How long she was going to sister act this motherfucker? Yeah, how long? Tell me, Spencer, how long? Within a few days, a sister of the convent died. Uh, and then La Maupin stole, exhumed rather, that nun's body from the mortuary. Uh, well, placed why, it. Why? Don't. Please don't. Why? Placed it in her lover's bed. And then, and then set the entire building on fire, creating a distraction for her and the girl to escape. Just why? You, what? You're kidding. So the whole plan was, we need a body. And so they just burned the place to the ground and like, like gave it plot. No one's going to go. It's, there's no 18th century CSI. What are you doing, people? <laughs> you don't need dental records to fuck this up. Just leave. No one will know. She's in a convent. Now, faking her lover's death, they escaped to a secluded spot uh, where they could bone down for about three months. Then, as is with all things, Lamopan got bored of her and moved on to bigger and stabbier things. It kind of feels, I mean, I feel like she may just be, like, rehashing the, the how she got taken as a 14-year-old mistress and then got, you know, worn out and tossed aside. And now she's just doing that as some form of, uh, and I don't know, uh, revenge fucking, I don't Perhaps. know. I'm just Perhaps very concerned. It. I'm just very concerned about this lustful murder beast roaming the countryside. Well, let's redirect our concern for just one sentence to uh, the the young blonde girl because she just had to walk walk like walk of shame herself back to the convent and say what? Oh, whoops! I went. I'm. I've arisen. <laughs> I. It's a super long Easter, guys. Hey, opa. <laughs> Let's throw on that Cossack and start singing hymnals again, guys. Oh, happy day. Like, how do you sell that one? Hey, sorry I murdered a nun and then burned the place to the goddamn ground like Firestarter. Can I come back now? Let me tell you, she didn't sell it very well because a regional parliament got wind of it. And boy, did they not enjoy La Maupin's badassery. They charged her 
via a public article in absence. With arson, because that's what she did. For for kidnapping, for body snatching, for setting fire to a convent. All of these are accurate charges. And failing to appear before Parliament. Her sentence also was, an accurate charge. Her sentence levied by this public article to the city: death by fire. I mean, at this point, it's kind of, I mean... That's a fitting, ironic they punishment. They burned a lot of people unnecessarily. She burned a place down. It yeah. seems like right up their alley. Now, this sentence uh, was delivered in the article to Sir Maupin in an attempt to shelter the public from the fact that a mademoiselle was capable of such lesbian badassery. Because in the 1600s, if you say the word gay, you'd get burned. I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure the, that I'm pretty sure there was no... Uh... You did. It was it was on the hush hush. You didn't you didn't play around with that. So much like Dr. Mesmer, she packed her bags and ran to Paris. As well you should. This again just highlighting the brilliance that was everything prior to the internet or um, uh, I think we as we established America's most wanted, where you could just pack up <laughs> and leave, baby. Pack your bags and move away. And we're going to start a new life. This was, however, not an easy journey as it was, you know, getting there. Uh, she stopped through a few cities, singing and fighting as she needed to to get by, and while in, drumroll please, Villepardue? Villepardue? No. Villepardue. Not even a little bit. Not the, even once. The villain to 102 Dalmatians. She performed her routine uh, when a dude came up and said, tell me, oh pretty bird, in a French accent obviously, I've listened to your chirping. But now tell me of your plumage. Uh, is that is that like asking, like, does the carpet match the drapes? What are you doing here? Harassing women, Nathan, was just so much more poetic back then. It's so I much mean, more no pretentious. One, I mean, I've seen Beauty and the Beast. No one spits like Gaston and, and no one steals women like Gaston. I get it. Naturally, uh, Lamopon didn't cotton to that shit and she challenged him to a stab off. <laughs> I don't think that's what they're called, but they should be. The man agreed, uh, but she was greeted outside by not one, but three opponents. Uh, the man having brought two other squires. Oh, well, they brought squires. That's cheating. They're, they're, they're just uh, little she, bitch boys. She took on all three at the same time, and uh, the fight was over just as soon as it started when she ran the guy through his abdomen <laughs> with her entire blade. That kind of puts the bitch boys off once you've uh, shish kebobbed their master. She then yanked the sword right back out, supposedly giving him enough time to turn around and see the blade sticking out of his back. Oh. Sheathing her blade, turning around, and walking back to her hotel room. Because badasses don't look at the explosion. <laughs> or the entrails falling out of their victims as they walk away. That night, though, she was overcome with guilt. That she visited does not the, seem like her at all. No, she visited the local barber, where the man was being treated in surgery. Dissect that one real quick. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. I understand the barber surgeon thing. Yes, that was the, the, the spindle and the red, yellow, white, and the, the, yeah, I got it. But at what point was, because I know modern medicine's a miraculous thing, I don't know if impaled on the sword is exactly something that I'm going to go to the barber and have treated. Now, I think the only reason he survived it is because it was a rapier. You know, the really skinny, pointy one. Not like a oh. broadsword. Okay, so what you're saying, Spencer, is that you're going to come over tomorrow, and I'm going to get <laughs> a real, real thin, thin needle, and I'm going to impale your ass. 
Look, this is this is setting ourselves up for a Sean Hannity asking to be waterboarded kind of thing. So I'm going to um, I'm going to keep reading the story as a weird form of of pity or apology. Uh, she spent the next month uh, just banging that dude in the city in, in his hospital bed. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. The dude that she ran through like a goddamn fish. Uh huh. Just fucked his brains out for what a month. What the fuck? Yep. She felt bad for him. <laughs> I I understand pity fuck. I'm an unattractive person. I get the concept. I don't understand how you stab a guy and then go, hey, Doc, you fixed him, right? Cool. That dick worked, though? Okay. <laughs> that guy, by the way, son of the Duke of Loins. That's Duke of Loins? Loine, maybe? I mean, loins just feels appropriate because of the. It does feel the more dick appropriate. Reference. Yeah, but it does feel like a Brazzers setup. Uh, but it doesn't really feel like a French name. The two's affair was passionate, though short, as he was soon given orders from the king to return to his regiment uh, that was currently riding through Germany. Are Homeboy you had to speed up. Me? He has a hole in him, an extra. He got an extra hole. Either she didn't really stab. Either she didn't really stab him all the way through. Because I don't care. There's nothing that goes all the way through, and you don't hit something important. Fair, fair. I mean, they say the abdomen, which I, I mean, she gives another dude a similar treatment later, and and he does fine. But I'm all starting right. to feel like they're making this bullshit up. Maybe, but bear with me. <laughs> oh. They, uh, they split at the border of France and Germany, swearing to reunite one day. They're now, not Maupin, gonna reunite. No, I mean she's 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 a very flaky girl. Uh, Maupin continued her routine on her route back north, uh, finally feeling safe enough to return to Paris without that whole death by fire thing coming back around. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, so it just so happens that in those crowds, though, that she was performing at every other night, uh, were talent scouts. They no, really no shut the fuck up. That, <laughs> they, no, they really. Really liked the cut of her jig when I, it came what, to singing. Ca- what there? Uh, this there? Um, what? France's next top model idol? Yeah. What the fuck is going on here? Yeah, kind of like that. She had what was apparently called a really good quote melodious contralto voice, which I only mention, knowing that at least one person listening to this is some kind of music major. And now you can pat yourself on the back for knowing what that meant. Now, uh, my wife is but- not listening to this. We all know that. Uh, now, best of luck finding a job, whoever you are. So, in 1690, La Maupin Hi, was, was, was really in her element among the folks at the Paris Opera. Hi, Stephanie. She also, overnight, went from being a street fighting champ to the lead of an opera in the Paris Opera. Now, now don't get it twisted, though. I mean, she, number one, those talent scouts brought her there, and they said... Actually, we don't like you. And then a week later, she did it again. And they're like, never mind. We like you. So these talent scouts are fucking getting drunk, listening to her, thinking it's the best thing ever. And then sobering up and going like, oh, now. if nothing else, you have to remember, okay, she was either really good at stabbing or really good at singing. I don't remember which one. Either way, let's get this girl in front of some curtains. Oh, God. Now, she was in her element, but don't get it wrong. She had some beef behind the curtain. One cast member. Louis de Mancy. I mean, and that, by the way, it's de Mancy or it's Dimitri. It's it's something similar with a D. I don't know. Three different sources give three different names. Bottom line, one actor, we'll call him Louis, was said to have been speaking very rudely to a friend of La Maupin's. 
Now, he, he didn't really realize uh, that she was friends with Francis Brienne of Tarth, so she strolled up, told him to show some respect, and he brushed her off and said, fuck off, bitch. Uh, bitch, you about to get run through! Lamopan quietly replied, quote, it doesn't end here. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's like that Arthur meme where she's just grabbing like, <laughs> oh. it's, it's exactly that Arthur meme if you put a rapier in her hand. Oh, I'm gonna stab your shit. When he walked home that night, alone, in the dark of Paris, he was surprised to see none other than La Maupin standing alone in the street just up ahead. She drew Fucking her sword. Jason. She drew her sword and demanded a duel. When this bitch refused to draw his sword, La Maupin said, cool, and then beat the ever-loving shit out of him with a wooden cane she had. Why did she have that too? Where is she storing all this beating accoutrement? That was probably from a nearby homeless man. She was like, may I? Just, I'll give it right. Cool. <laughs> Excuse me, pardon? Whack, whack, whack. Uh, then she stole all his valuables, uh, namely his pocket watch and his snuff container. <laughs> As you do. I believe they actually called it a snuff kit. Now, when he showed up to work the next day with black eyes and bruises, his excuse was that a gang of dudes jumped him with hammers, and he tried to fight them off, but there were too many. This is very, I mean, there, we are, we are very different than these people sometimes, but then we are very much the same. This is classic dude, bro. Like, you can't say that you're, the girl beat the crap out of you. It's got, there were four dudes then, big giant, big clubs and dogs. Oh, there were fuck, man. It was crazy. They were nine feet tall. Oh, were, God. Oh, God. shit. They, you ever seen The Rock? Oh, man. It was 40 of them. They, they, they looked like Gaston, you know. You know Gaston. A no small one, militia. No a German no. militia attacked me in the streets. I tried. I tried. All I had was five swords. All right. Lamopan piped up and said, is that right? As she dangled <laughs> his pocket watch in front of everybody. Oh, 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 bitch. Oh, she got Snapchat of you. She had pictures. She had pictures. She forced Louis to grovel on hands and knees before she gave his shit back. She, alright, in, in, in all honesty, she's a fucking psychopath bully. She is, like, the <laughs> definition of every bully in every school ever. There was not, like, a, she was, she had one, she had a bad thing happening when she was a kid, but now she has just turned that into, like, a psychopath level amount of just awful. Now, don't get me wrong. You don't have to be a good person to be a badass. I, Maupin, definitely true. Maupin was invited to a ball held by King Louis XIV, bringing it back around. Her dad was the squire, ultra-squire of King Louis. I was about to say, master-squire, what, just, the king-squire? Are all the Horse squires king. eunuchs? Uh, no, no, no. That, that was not a thing. There, that was not a thing? That was not a thing. There, Okay. Uh, at the ball, she dressed in a man's red tunic uh, and spent nice. the evening dancing with every hottie she could get her hands on, Almost all of which were the wives and bachelorettes of Paris's many nobles. Yeah, yeah. Just I squeezing mean, her way into every one of them. Can I have your wife? Thank you. <laughs> when she kissed on the umpteenth woman of the night, the guards <laughs> apparently told her to cut it out with all that icky gay shit. And Maupin said, quote, at your service, gentlemen. Which was apparently, I'm not kidding, 17th century slang for let's go out back and stab each other. I mean, it's I. 
it can't be any weirder than I demand satisfaction. And then, I mean, <laughs> took the, so so she took those three guards out back for a good old fashioned stab off. Now, this is Lawapan versus three royal guards in the king's palace. So, like, who are you putting your money on? The, the 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 crazy bitch that we're telling a story about and not those three guards that no one ever knows because they're about to get stabbed. So when Mopam finished beating those three into the dirt, uh, she went yep. back inside and kept making those ladies swoon. Uh, in between one of her sessions of macking on someone's wife, uh, King Louis saddled on over and said, Are you that Jade La Mopin? <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. All right. What do you got, Sun King? Let's go. Hi, hi, King Louis. I'm sorry. I'm, j- I'm just such a huge fan. Can you sign my guard? Here, he's crippled in my arms. Yeah, just just right across his forehead. That'd be nice. When he was, when he was, he was a little more confrontational than that, though. And he asked her, um, "I've heard of your handiwork. Do I need to remind you of my decree that dueling is illegal in Paris?" I mean, is it dueling if I just beat their asses? Like, I don't know if it's. <laughs> I was just more of an ass whooping. Do you have a degree against ass whoopings in Paris? Uh, La Maupin did not deny her efficiency at stabbing competent men at arms. Uh, the king, though, pardoned her and said that by his judgment, his ruling was that men were not allowed to duel. This said <laughs> nothing about women. Oh, God. I am no man. Bad, bad, bad writing. Bad writing. Bad oh, movies. Oh, I hate you. I hate you uh, now. Why did you, you bring I'm this right. up? Why did you, you bring this right, up? Though. I, I was oh, I literally like watching Boromir's death scene before you called me. God damn you. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Still only that, doesn't make it bad writing. Not only that, but the king said, you're free to keep doing it. <laughs> so she got a personal license to stab. Yep, the king gave her a license to stab. Mopa's life uh, continued to sauce it up at every level. Uh, with the inclusion of a, a couple affairs as a mistress to more than one duke, voluntarily this time. Uh, but before long, she settled back into the Parisian life of a singer. She died young in 1707 at age 37. Uh, her cause of death is unknown, uh, but my guess is that she performed the badassery expected of a 120-year-old Rambo, and her body just could not keep up with the brain of the French version of Lee Ermey. I'm going to go ahead. All right, so we've got this crazy... Something was in the water in France around that time because we're a couple <laughs> years off the Marquis de Sade and all this. I mean, France was just fucking whack as shit Violent for a while there. and crazy as fuck. And Violent, God damn it, they they're making us their, proud. They mixed their fucking and their fighting in a weird way that I don't think we've properly, you know, latched onto today. But man, it was... <laughs> Weird shit. <laughs> I want to thank Ben Thompson for his uh, fantastic write-up that I, I, I used as a heavy source. Uh, you can find more of his work at badassoftheweek.com. Yeah. Uh, our, our intro and outro track is the song There Were Buffalo on the Ark, and it's by Dripless Pony Club from the album Cholera. Uh, cannot forget to thank this podcast's favorite musical troupe. Yes. Not the Vanga Boys. No. D- not, no. They are not our favorite. They're a one-hit wonder. And you know what? I'm going to come out and say it. Uh, Come at me. Sue me. I dare you. Try me. We'd also like to thank those of you who have sent us topics and suggestions. They are dearly appreciated, and we encourage everyone to keep them coming if you got them. Yes, Uh, because we like doing less work. Please do it for us. (laughs) They're best sent to uh, at Cock and Bull Pod on Twitter. uh, Or if you know me personally, uh, then sending them directly is also just fine. And last but not least... 
if you oh. throw them, tie them to a rock and throw them through my window, uh, I'll get them. You definitely get them. Uh, I'll get I them. mean, get them. Uh, last but not least, just just thanks to everybody for listening. We appreciate it. Also, last but not least, thanks to the person who came in to, to work today uh, to get their, their new direct deposit form for their new employment at Charles Entertainment Cheese's Factory of Sadness, uh, who then I then rambled about 20 minutes about the history of her terrifying rat overlord, uh, and I'm pretty sure just did some weird psychological damage to a poor person. So the podcast is officially melded it's, into my real life, and it's oh, uh, affecting boy. We're reality, winning. bending it to our will. We're doing it. We're doing it. This is the first step, Nathan, in going full-time, let me tell you. Yeah. As someone who's been living five episodes on full-time podcasting, let me tell you, that's step number one. Step number one, scream at a poor 16-year-old about how the, the purple one doesn't make any sense and why is he from planet purple. <laughs> All also, right. apparently, they do a great job of indoctrinating them there because she knew a lot about the lore that I would not have expected. Oh, fuck off! No, like that's the training video. It's not. It's not how to not sexually harass she, somebody. Those kids. Those kids. Those like animatronics don't even exist anymore. She knew all their names, what instrument they played, like their backstory. Son like, of a bitch! It, they, apparently, they have some like deep propaganda indoctrination when you get hired on at Charles Entertainment Cheese. If somebody can secure a Chuck E. Cheese training tape, I need oh, you to send Christ. it to me. Yes, yes, please, yes, please, please. Yes, 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 yes. Also, apparently, give me the recipe for the pizza. Um, she said it's still fire. It's I look. I'm telling you, not only is it fire in the proverbial sense, it is literally just hold it over an open flame. Also, I had a child, so we can actually like legit just get into Chuck E. Cheese now. Like they can't stop. That's, us. He's our in. Yes, they can't. They literally can't tell us no. You heard it, folks. Episode 100 is coming live from Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> yes. Live We're, inside the mouse costume. We are performing briefly in front We're of a be, live audience. We will be on the stage flanked by Purple the Weird Mascot and Pesquale the Racist Stereotype. All right. Until they throw us out of the fucking Chuck E. Cheese. They can try, but once I'm in that ball pit, I am like a shark. <laughs> Next week. Next week!